Good afternoon and welcome everybody into another edition of the Devoted Steelers Podcast. I am the D, as in Dimitri George, joined alongside my co-host, as always, he is the V, Vince Paparella. And Vince, let's jump right into it. Vince, the Steelers improved to 10-0 with another victory on Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars in TIAA Stadium, 27-3. to um, Certainly wasn't the prettiest of football games you'll see, but a game that the Steelers were able to control mostly throughout um, the Steelers made Jake Luton, a.k.a. Gluten-free, according to my barber, uh, you know, look very pedestrian and rookie as he is. Um, I mean, right from the get-go, you could tell that it was going to be a long day for him. Um, Steelers did just enough on offense, right? Uh, they did go over 100 yards, although, you know, that was really helped by a couple of big runs by Connor. Um, so the running game, even though it got over 100 yards, still leaves some to be desired. Uh, ben did throw an interception, but kind of similar to the Tennessee game with the one where the end of the first half, kind of same situation, just threw up kind of, well, he didn't really throw it up in the end zone. I think he was just trying to make a play. It looked like James Washington got pushed or whatever the case was, but ultimately did have an interception, but did throw two touchdown passes, one late, uh, to Eric Ebron to really put it, you know, even further out of reach. But again, Steelers improved the 10 and 0. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts from yesterday's game against a, uh, a bad Jacksonville uh, Jaguar team. Uh, you know, offensively, I think the stats are almost misleading as far as the run game goes because, like, as you said, Connor would kind of get these, you know, 15, 20-yard runs, which he's exceptionally good at. Um, and I think the offensive line did a better job than they have uh, and they did against the Bengals and especially than they did against the Cowboys. That's for certain. Um, but it still, you know, was – I don't think where you'd like it to be, and it often put them in situations of first or second and long or third and long, which are not ideal. And then you have somebody like Randy Feetner, you know, who I, I I felt like yesterday, and I tweeted this out on Sunday, he was kind of just out of options and he doesn't know what to do. And I have rethought that statement because, you know, they made a good point of if you are fairly confident that you're going to beat the Jaguars, and he can say the whole Mac. Big Ten opponent, all he wants for friend is Tomlin. But if you're not going to have to give anything away to be the Jaguars, then why are you going to? And the Steelers certainly didn't. You know, as far as scheme wise, drawing things up, you know, everything was pretty vanilla, the same thing that we've seen all year. Now, do I expect more wrinkles to come out, especially as they play teams like the Ravens and the Bills and the Colts uh, in upcoming weeks? Absolutely. Um, but it was fairly, you know, fairly a vanilla performance. And you know, Ben was impressive beside the interception, but that guy totally pushed off James Washington. So you can make of that what you will. But I'm not really, uh, you know, too worried about the interception. There were some people freaking out at halftime, like, calm down. Um, but, you know, I, I thought about this today, and I want to see what you're saying about this. You know, we would say a lot, especially in, like, 2017, 2018, and maybe 2000, even earlier than that, you know, the Steelers' offense was predicated upon – you're going to win your one-on-one matchups because we have somebody like Martavis Bryant, Le'Veon Bell, or uh, Antonio Brown, and a whole bunch of other cast characters that can just beat you. Whoever you're lining up against them, they can beat you one-on-one. And I think they feel that way right now with somebody like Deontay Johnson, who is in the mold of an Antonio Brown and is a very you know, skilled and excellent route runner and you know playing against whoever cornerback. And then they got a guy like... Uh, Chase Claypool, who's in a similar mold to 
Martavis Bryant that can go up and just catch it and fly by people and really kind of body them out, although we haven't seen him do too much of that. And then you have other catch characters, such as Juju and James Washington, that can win matchups against slot guys, um, slot corners, or even linebackers sometimes. Um, so I think that's kind of the way this offense is rolling right now, and that's really what's working. It's, you know, especially when they get into the kind of backyard bend types of games or, you know, situations, I should say. They just kind of go, and like, who's got the best one-on-one matchup and throw into it. And, you know, these decisions are often being made pre-snap because he's getting the ball um, out of his hands so quickly. And you look, like, in the throw to – the touchdown throw to Chase Claypool, like, Chase Claypool was not past the defender, and he threw that ball. Like, he was – he might have been just pulling even with him, but he was not past the defender yet. Well, and, they say if he's even, he's leaving. Uh, it, it, correct. So, you know, that's just kind of one of those things, that, you know, when, when you're looking, you're making these, you know, when Ben's making these decisions, you know, I, that's how much faith that they have in their offensive skill, guys. And they just believe their talent is that much better than the guy that they're playing against. So that's my two cents. No, I, I, I agree. I definitely think, though, I think as Mark Abali and, and other local beat guys have been kind of pounding the table, you know, yes, do the Steelers again? I'm going to quote like Mike Tomlin from 2008. Do they need to get better run the football? Yes. But if they, they are who they are, to quote Denny Green as well, they are who they are. They're a team that spreads you out. They're going to hit you with these quick, short passes. They're going to get in the ball in their playmakers. Ben's getting the ball out in record, record times. Uh, and they're just, and that's what they are. He's going to throw the ball 45 times a game. Um, a lot of them are going to be short passes. And again, it's just, it's, and, and that's just what they are because again, they're five wide, whether they go four receivers in it with Eric Ebron or they mix out a back out there, whatever they, they feel strongly and they're, and they, let's just be honest, they're, they're good. They're, it's, it's, it works. Um, sure, sure. So um, now, yes, they will have to get, and I think Mike Tom made some good pre- uh, points in his press conference today that situationally he was pleased with their, with their running the football short yardage. I mean, there was a fourth and one James Conner was able to rip off a big run. He met, he mentioned Benny Snell at the goal line. Right. And, situationally, they need to run the football better. Yes, to, and generally speaking, they do, but situationally, if they can find a way to get a good rhythm, um, if Benny Snell's the, the short yardage goal line, so be it. James Conner's James Conner's capable. You like to see him mix in, again, McFarlane more as, as, you know, continue to do so. Like, situationally, if they can find a good formula that works and give and, and define roles, I think they have tried to and, and they will continue to do so. I think that's going to help them tremendously. But ultimately, again, third straight game, Ben hasn't been sacked. Um, okay, you know, it's almost three and a half. Right. Um, this, the, the Steelers have done a really good job, I think, at identifying the fact that, listen, I mean, you know what? It's great. I, I looked at my mom when I was watching the game yesterday. There was one sideline catch James Washington made. I'm like, that guy's the number two on pretty much every other damn team in the league. I, you know, and he's he's barely. I mean, you can or make a argument, strong be, number three. right? Yeah. Or a strong number three, but I'm telling you, the guy. I mean, rookie year, I would have said he's a three or four. Uh, certainly, I'm not. I'm not quite sure that you couldn't. I, I wouldn't believe that he's a solid number two. Like you know, when Emmanuel Sanders left uh, and went to Denver, I thought you you probably thought he was a he would you and on the surface a great. He was a really good number three, but you saw that he developed into a really good number two. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, he had Peyton Manning, but he's going on to have a, a good career outside of them. I mean, he did go to San Francisco, and now he's in New Orleans. But um, the point is, I think James Washington is the point where, even though he's so underutilized and he's like, you know, you're kind of like, look at it, the way he's transformed his body from year two to year three from his rookie year, I think he's a great player that just doesn't get a lot of snaps, which is crazy because every time he's out there, you can see Ben wants to get the football to him. I mean, he's got – he works on a freaking farm. 
guy's got oven mitts as hands, and he catches everything, it seems like. The hay bales. Yeah, and so they're just so – and, again, selfless group. You can you can see Chase Claypool gets that touchdown. They're celebrating Juju's birthday, yes, you know, yesterday. And, you know, and that's something small, I know, but at the same time, it's a complete 180 from what they were a couple years ago, right? So, yeah. Um, I think that helps, man. and it helps that you know. I mean, I think I saw. I think I saw a, a number that Deontay got seventeen targets yesterday. And the thing is, they. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, but he had twelve catches yesterday, regardless. And the point is, you know, he spread the ball to everybody. Everybody's eating, and there's and again, I truly think, and and a lot of times people players will say one thing and totally mean another behind closed doors. I totally, totally, genuinely think now because totally. winning obviously, winning cures all everything, and, and you know it'll, it'll cover up a lot. But so, I truly, genuinely think that this is a selfless group, uh, offensively. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think obviously they all have wants to get the ball, but I think ultimately they've seen everyone. It seems like everyone, like we talked about earlier in the year, everyone every week it's different. You know, the, you're, the, you're starting to see Deontay's kind of being the guy that Ben likes to go to. Like in an A B like like you said way, but at the same time he needs a big play. You know he's probably going to look at Chase. He needs a third down. He's looking at maybe Eric or or or, or Juju, mm-hmm. um, James Washington. Like it just seems like there's there's so many different variables to it. Even but ultimately, Ray Ray. right? Even Ray Ray. I, I didn't I didn't forget. I didn't mention Ray Ray. I mean, I, and what a find! Give credit to Kevin Colbert to finding him so late in the process. Um, but I will say. You know, I, I think overall, How offensively, do you feel about the yeah. Scheme? Um, well, again, I don't think we'll ever really know. Obviously, Randy Feetner's obviously has a hand in it, no doubt. I I personally believe this is a lot of Ben. A lot of it has been changing plays, and to me, Ben has gotten so much more cerebral as a cerebral player, better as a cerebral player, and above the neck, as Mike Tomlin would say that. Even if Randy's <laughs> Randy calls a play, I could totally see Ben going the line, and uh, whether he had already predetermined he was going to change the play, or maybe he looked at the defense and said, oh, "Let me get out of this." <clears throat> I I think Ben is at a point where he is so in tune um, with this offense. Obviously, um, this is a kind of a handpicked offensive coordinator, Randy, because I think off I, not not to disrespect Randy because he is an offensive coordinator in the National Football League. I'm not trying to discredit him, but he's kind of like a puppet. I think Ben is. I think Ben is literally. Obviously, he's not calling everything, but Ben calls a lot. He would not be an OC elsewhere. That's just my personal opinion. I could totally be off base. Obviously, Ben's not the offensive coordinator. I I believe you're correct. I don't. I don't have any qualms with that. No, I know, but you know, I'm not saying Ben is the offensive coordinator and he's coached. But I'm saying Ben has so much autonomy over this that from if you ask me about the scheme. I think it's the benefit. It's the benefit. It's the benefit. The Steelers are benefiting because they have seven back there, and he's able to orchestrate it the way he wants it. And let's be honest, he's seen everything. You can't. There's nothing he hasn't seen. So yeah. Okay. Um, well, Chuck, let's see. Um, after the third second time long draw, that it's second and line. It's second and nine. We're like, well, this isn't going anywhere, and we can see that you know they have the same guys in the box they did last time. Okay. The definition of insanity is to repeat the same thing, expecting a different result. And I say, you know what? Connor, why don't you just go off to the left for me, and I'll see if I can get the ball to you. All right, even a screenplay, just something. Oh, they're terrible at them too. Well, they did, they had a good one. They did. They did have a good they, one. Yeah, had a good one. I'm they did. Saying. Well, and that, but that's a, that's I think that's the point. Marco Ball and them saying like, you know, don't try to 
and sometimes those, I mean, rarely, rarely, but sometimes those second, second and nine draws work. But at the same time, just be who you are. Yeah. Be who you are. You know, it's fine. If, if, you, if you come out and you're, and you're throwing the ball like 30 times in the first half, so be it. Yeah. And if you got, if you probably build yourself a, a, a double digit lead, guess what? Then you can start trying to mix in some, you know, ridiculous runs. But, you know, and get, get, but I will give them credit. They've tried to manufacture runs and running game through other things, jet sweeps, jet motions, reverses, all that type of stuff. Give them credit for that. The motion is down. It is down, but you have to give them credit. They put a lot on tape. That's fine. They put a lot on tape. Maybe they weren't trying to show anything this week. Well, you got, you, if you ask Mike Tomlin, he's obviously going to the server's going to say, no, well, we would never not, yeah. we would never hold anything back, but yeah, I can yeah. see your point. He, he can say whatever the hell he wants. I, mean, I love Mike Tomlin, but, you know, it, it's a game. It's like, it's hardball. It's a game of chess. Yeah, exactly. It's hardball going to be telling you everything about, no, okay then. You know, it's like, right. yeah, and I respect that. But, um, you yeah, know, I think offensively, I think they're continuing to get better. Yes, they, ha- they leave a lot to be desired sometimes. And I think, I, but I do think when push comes to shove, the, the the greatness of Ben and the and the relief that we should all have as Steelers fans that we have him back is that I think there will be a time, maybe Thursday, maybe down the stretch, maybe game against Buffalo, whoever, that the Steelers are going to be in such a bad place offensively. And it's kind of already happened a couple times. Um, but I and mean, I think you can you can revert to it. I think that's the one thing that I've always looked at in the Steelers Super Bowl seasons is that they always kind of had an identity. Obviously, in 08, they were a team that had a uh, all time great defense. Yeah. However, there were numerous occasions in the regular season where the Steelers' offense had to go out, go down, and get a field goal or get a touchdown, and almost every time they did. And that held true all the way up to Super Bowl Sunday where the defense was playing great, great, great. And in the fourth quarter, they kind of fell apart a little bit. But guess what? Ben and the offense had to go down. When you look at this particular team, even 2017, where obviously they didn't win Super Bowl, but there was a lot of times where the Steelers' offense at the end of the game had to go down and get a touchdown, get a field goal, do something. There, I mean, there was a, they had a primetime game stretch where it was all, they were on freaking Sunday Night Football every week. And that Packers game, the Ravens game. because their defense uh, sucked. Ben, Right, well, yeah, but that. But my point is, they 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 largely have had their defense play really well, but when they have when they've needed to, maybe the defense faltered a little bit, but when they had to, I look at the Ravens game, the first game, right down seventeen seven, defense helped them out, got a turnover early to kind of jumpstart the offense in the second half. But again, Ben took control. Uh, ben was in control of the game in the first uh, half against Tennessee. Um, my point is. I just feel like there's going to be a time again the Steelers are going to be down and, you know, they're, you know everyone's barking at Randy and barking at whatever. Offense, from the offensive coaching staff perspective, the Ben's going to say, the hell with this. We're going to go back to doing what I want to do. Uh, you know, Dallas game, right? And we're just going to, we're just going to, we're just going to do this. We're just going to, I'm just going to say, you run over here, you do this, whatever. And who, who cares who gets the credit? He don't care. Ben wants to win. And I just think that's, that's the beauty, though, of having seven back. Is you'd have that luxury, that knowing that listen, if whatever you know, you couldn't do that with Mason or Duck. There's no way. There's no way you can. I'm just not do that. arguing this. No, I know, but again, it, the slander of Ben oh, well, has yeah. gotten out of control. So, whatever. Yeah. That's my two cents again. For weekly two cents on Ben. But anyways, I, defensively, hold on. Is hold there really? On. A, go ahead. Just as far as the offense goes, um, we check these numbers every week. So they were seven for seventeen on third down. 
efficiency, which seems to be slightly higher, forty-one percent. And then I, I was kind of taking notice of this. They only got in the red zone once, um, which I think explains a lot of I think why the this offense wasn't is it didn't meet the eye test because they only got down the red zone once. They were able to capitalize, so they were one hundred percent in the red zone. But you know, I I felt like when they hit the thirty a couple times, they stalled out. Um, you know, right. against a not great Jaguars defense, I think that's where who had like their eighth secondary. Guys I mean, out they there. were calling people from Georgia, you know, to go right. play DB. So I think that's a bit frustrating. So meat on the bone is what I will continue to use the term for this offense. And if they would like, and to old, and that's that is definitely definitely can be okay now. But again, that's been a common theme that we've yes. had. But the problem is at some point here soon. That meat on the bone is going to have to get eaten because it's yeah. getting to the point where we're getting to December and we can't have meat on the bone in, in terms of December football. The Steelers are 10 no and they haven't even unleashed talent in December. <laughs> just well, well, I know. <laughs> um, defensively, um, not really much to speak of. Still a little bit oh, left oh, to be desired. Well, here's a th- here, I was going to make a point about it. I hate that we're about to highlight. Terrell Edmonds because he had two interceptions in the box score. The reality is Terrell Edmonds, and I think you and I have been on the same page. I'm not saying we haven't, but he has played really, really well um, this year. And he's going to get the pub this week because, again, he had two interceptions. But if you put the tape on and you put the, the film on, you'll see consistently every week this year he has gotten progressively better. And I said this, again, for Behind the Steel Curtain and SB Nation, you know, that this was his you know, make or break year. And that's a terrible headline. But the point was, I thought that this was his year that he was going to take that big leap that everyone was saying. Now, again, he's never going to be your Minka type impact player, but I thought if he could be a Ryan Clark type player, uh, then you're, then you're looking really solid. And again, I understand, you know, I think Ryan Clark was a six round pick and, you know, Terrell's a first round pick. You want more out of your first round pick. But the thing is, and I talked about it. He, he played a lot as a rookie when he wasn't supposed to. Then he got intermingled with a bunch of different safeties last year for the first two weeks. And then he got Minka there. So then he had to learn how to play with Minka. And I just thought that this year, when he gets to finally settle into his role, um, playing next to a guy like Minka, he was going to flourish. And you, and you can see he's matching up on tight end. He's been coming really good. He's a solid tackler, solid run defender. And now he's starting to make plays on the ball. And he was it was getting close. It, it, there was going to be a game where he started making plays on the ball because he was close a number of times throughout the year. Um, but, he, again, I was a little furious, though. I will say this. I know You can make your comment on Terrell when I get, when I get done here. But okay, my only okay. thought was I was furious that it took, to, what, the third quarter when they got their first sack? I mean, what, what are we doing? Actually, Let, let, I let's was get some too. more pressure. I was, too. Hey, now, so go ahead. I, I, I get very pissed if they do not get to the quarterback right away. Like, to me, that's just – especially when you're playing somebody young, don't let them get comfortable. Go in there and put six. Well, he wasn't comfortable. You could well, you see how high he was throwing the ball from the rip? The boy was trash. All right. The man, I mean, after the second possession, I'm like, yeah, I'm not worried about this. Um, and I'm sorry. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but it's Jay Glutton. Um, and they've lost nine in a row. Like, knock him on his butt. Get his, get his jersey dirty, you know? Well, let me ask you this, too, because I know you always watch the trenches. Yes, and the I, left tackle was jumping. I, or the, yes. That the other? Actually, actually, you know what's funny? I used to always watch Harrison and Woodley. For whatever reason, I'm just I'm to the great because of the greatness of TJ 
and Bud, I just expect them to get home, which is funny because Lamar and James are great in their own right, and they have Super Bowl titles to defend themselves. But I'm my point of saying that is, I've got I see nothing but on Twitter about how uh, TJ gets held, which I'm not disagreeing with. But I'm curious to see if you who probably watches TJ every snap and how he probably gets held. I actually, for whatever reason, I'm 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 watching the secondary from the snap, which I, it's hard on game yeah. on on live on live uh, you know live. Uh, footage yeah. but i'm looking at the secondary linebackers and i, I feel like i want to hear your thoughts was tj getting absolutely mauled um if i yelled about that every time i would lose my voice by the end of the first quarter of every game I, i'm just that's how often it happens but it's it's interesting how come he's not getting the call well they're holding calls are down this year i know that but i mean sometimes it's sometimes it's I mean, I get it. Every, I'm sure you could probably almost arguably uh, every third down passing situation, you could probably call holding on whoever's blocking TJ. What's been happening the past two weeks with TJ is he gets really – he's trying to really bend, and he's trying to, you know, he's trying to work that, I guess, the, the tackle's right shoulder, and he's really trying to get around there, and he's really trying to rip around. And the tackles are just keep pushing him back, keep pushing him back. And so sometimes, you'll see, he's 10 yards off the line of scrimmage with the tackle. <laughs> I'm serious. Right. And so he – and then, like, this was working against Cincinnati, for example, and then they ran him on the stunt. And, and he was in the backfield in, like, three seconds, you know, and the play was over. So he's got to work a little bit. And I know TJ has, you know, worked on this game, especially over the past couple of years. Like, he has come up a little, you know, maybe fake like he's going out and then hit that other shoulder. I'm not an expert in, you know, being a linebacker, pass rushing. Um, but he kind of is doing the same thing right now. And, again, I don't know if it's, like, well, we're playing Cincinnati, we're playing Jacksonville. Um but yes, he get he gets held very very frequently, and I don't know like he TJ is not a flailer, which I don't think helps his case. Like you know if he get, so he, he needs him to go to Hollywood get some acting yeah, classes. That, that's not TJ's personality. Um, no, he's a dog. Yeah, I mean he's just like just give me the quarterback so I can sack him. Like that's you know point blank. Um, but no, that tackle wasn't jumping. The tackle that and I would hate to face Bud Dupree either. Like Bud Dupree is so freaking fast. Like the, well, his first step is he leads not the word. Yeah, and the, t- <laughs> the the Jaguars left tackle every time like a second before the snap. He's like, oh, you know, he go back in the stands. I'm like, this guy is jumping. He could have like seven false starts in that game. He, you know, it was reminding me of San Diego, bring back bad memories. Um, but yeah, and but up front, I mean, they only blitzed like a handful of times, and it was just you know Cam Hayward and Defonso were doing their thing up front. You know, you can double them; it really doesn't matter. Um, but they need to have more of a – like, if they have that kind of pocket presence against Lamar Jackson, and I don't think they will, It's that's very bad because, like, look, they knew Jake Lutton wasn't going to step up and run. Lamar Jackson will step up and run. Um, yeah. they'll, they'll obviously play differently. Uh, as far as Terrell Evans goes, somebody pointed this out, and Alex had commented on it, and I didn't notice it, is that they were saying that he wore gloves. He does, and I was like, I guess he doesn't normally. Yeah, he, he he doesn't normally wear gloves. No, that's correct. And so he only tapes his fingers. I'm like, that makes sense. I'm like, well, where are the gloves then, dude? Where are the gloves? Where, you could have nine interceptions on this point in your career. Where are the gloves? Yeah, if you watch some of the early games, yeah, he wasn't. He was doing the Sean Taylor finger tape. Yeah, like kind of like Ryan Ryan Clark started doing that too at the end of his career. And I know he didn't wear gloves in practice. Um, I think, but yeah, he started to do the Sean Taylor where you tape your fingers up. Hold on to the ball. I mean, you know. I would love to see the last time it, the Steelers' safeties had four interceptions in a game. I don't know if that's happened. 
Oh, I mean, that's that's a, definitely a stat of the weird for Alex Kazor at Steelers yes. Depot. Um, like when did you know? I mean, you know, typically I think of the Steelers safeties as kind of quiet. You know, if the if the ball's being thrown their way, then you know it's not a great thing for the opponent. But you know, I mean, credit to him. I mean, it's fine. It's good for him to flash. I'm I'm sure it was great for his self confidence. You know, to not see the Twitter feed, but at the same time, people, what do you want Kelly back there? Do you want Sean Davis? He's a heck of a lot better than these guys. Did you just mention Cam Kelly? The the safety from last year. No, I know who you're talking about. I'm saying, did you just mention Cameron Kelly? That man, you know, bless him and his family. However, I don't want anything to do with Cam Kelly and the 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers ever. Well, people, the people need to realize it's like, I, I, it's like if you ever complain about Terrell Evans, like look who the Steelers fielded week one against New England last year, and then please stop Oof. talking to me. It's like it's you know, come on, come on. Uh, but ultimately, I think right. I think we're in agreement. After the Jaguars went down, that first drive got three. I mean, they essentially were shut down. The rest, yeah. Of the I mean, game. he was sailing. I mean, those balls were. Now they did get down right into the inside of the, was a ten yard line, and I was literally saying we need a turnover. And well, guess who's Johnny on the spot? Tip, bang, done. Um, and you know what was Tyson Lulu, man? Yes. You know what was interesting is that I I don't know if if you put, do you know like how chippy it was. Like at that point, well, I saw, I, I saw. What? Well, listen, some of these players even probably were just youngins uh, when this was an old AFC Central rivalry, but you could see it manifesting. Um, but like the reality like, is, Jackson was like, "Yeah, we're one and nine. We're proud of it." I mean, okay, you can't. Doug, Doug's a clown. Clown time. You know, good, good luck coaching special teams next year, or you know, coaching some minor league uh, college team next year. I mean, I'm done with Doug. Get out of here. I'm so pissed at Doug from 2017. So, um, when you look at the um, – is there anything else that you wanted to discuss before we move on to um, – they, they were relatively healthy. I mean, you know, Zach Jens, I will talk about that, was fine. And I think um, besides the – Even Rappaport, who's got – I don't know. I don't know who his sources are. Usually they're not good. <laughs> um true. Uh, he did say that um, uh, that it was only a knee sprain that'll keep him out for a couple of weeks, but it's not as bad as initially uh, feared. Usually, when Mike Tomlin says someone has a significant injury, I'm thinking the worst. But it sounds like um, sounds like it, it could potentially be um, uh, you know a couple weeks thing. But you know, we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Joe Hayden that may, may be nervous. I'm sure it made you nervous. Um, I wonder. I thought maybe I, you know. I have to have to see um, what the the play. I thought he had a concussion because he came up and tried to run. And James Robinson is a small little physical back. I, I'm I'm wondering. I had to watch the play again. I'm wondering if maybe because he went so low when the force of <laughs> Robinson's uh, lowering his shoulder against Joe when he was going low. I wonder if he was so low to the ground where Joe's knees kind of got stuck. Not like bent the wrong way, but I feel like maybe he just got stuck and then when he, like, they kind of, like, tightened up on him real quick because uh, they said he was down for a couple minutes and he hopped up, went over and within the blue tent for, like, 30 seconds and was prancing around. He went back out for the next yeah. series and then they sat him down because, again, why why would you play him when they're up, I think, at that time, 20-3. to three. Um, And then Juju, from all accounts, sounds like he'll be, you know, okay to go on Thursday. I mean, who the hell steps on the flag? 
You saw how pissed he was too. Do you see that? Do you I saw that? Just, and, like I know the feeling. I was like, I was talking about this with my dad. I'm like, I know the feeling of like when you step on something on the outside of your foot and it just does enough, like this tweak. Oh, it, you're aggravated. You're like, are you I was serious? Like, Why is this here? Like I'm on a flat field yeah. and some ref that probably didn't even, you know, it's just <laughs> right. Crazy. Um. But like, I guess the big, the big news. Well, I, I shouldn't say I guess. The big news of the day is earlier this morning, Baltimore Ravens sent out a, a statement, uh, kind of left a lot to be desired, but uh, we've got some clarity now here. Um, that multiple members of their organization have tested positive for COVID. Um, they got word late last night, I guess. Well, uh, it has now been announced that uh, John Harbaugh has come out and said that J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram both tested positive. After contract tracing, a high-risk close contact was identified as Brandon Williams, the big nose tackle. All three will not play on Thursday night against the Steelers on Thanksgiving, and they will be placed on the COVID list. So when you talk about three players uh, for the Ravens, they love to run the football. And J.K. Dobbins, as Mike Tomlin alluded to in his press conference today, which is on Monday because it's a short week, um, J.K. Dobbins has become their lead guy. Well, now he doesn't play. Well, then Mark Ingram, who they just got back from an eye ankle sprain a couple weeks ago, he's not play- He's not going to play. So now you're looking at Gus Edwards, guys like Justice Hill. I'll have to start looking at their damn depth chart um, to see who else they'll have run the ball. You And obviously Lamar. But then on defense, so um, I, according to David Chow, the great Twitter doctor, also covered, you know, he does, he does stuff on SiriusXM and writes and stuff. Yeah. He did say that uh, some kind of ankle something, but uh, he did say that it, he's he's probably highly questionable because of the short week. If it was a normal week, he probably could go, but we'll have to see. Given the state of the Ravens, he's probably going to try to give it a go. Um, but then when you look at Brandon Williams, he's a big run-stuffing nose tackle. Um, while And we don't know the status of Calais Campbell uh, for this Thursday. He did not play yesterday. And so with a quick turnaround, I don't know, is, is three more days going to make that much of a difference? Even if it, even if he does play, how effective can he be? Um, but I, I assume that the Ravens guys that are kind of teetering, if they have any chance to go, they're going to go, given the state of their current slide here. Um, but, again, huge, huge disadvantage for the Ravens. Um, and, again, we wish the Ravens players that have tested positive, we wish them to be healthy um, and to recover and hope that they and their family are safe. But from a football standpoint, that is a huge loss for the Baltimore Ravens heading into this really season-defining game for them on Thursday night. Yeah, let's uh, let's 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 knock them to six and five. That's all I'm saying. And just be aggressive. You know, I think you don't get this opportunity very often, um, and I think it's a lot of. Right now, the Steelers are four and a half games up on the Ravens, and I think three and a half up on Cleveland. Yeah, and, you know, Cleveland has to play the Ravens again, and I don't like Cleveland uh, going up against the Ravens because they don't have a very good defense. I mean, Joe – You said they have to play Tennessee, yeah, too? Cleveland so. has to play us. They have to play – sorry, the Steelers. They have to play Tennessee, and they have to play Baltimore. Those are the big three games. I – Baltimore is in Cleveland – has to go to Cleveland, whatever. But, yeah. you know, once again, I not think Cleveland's defense is very good. And I don't think their offense is very good. And if the Eagles wouldn't just give away games, all right, that's a different story. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you have an opportunity that, you know, we're all worried about is, you know, the Super Bowl. Honestly, 
of the AFC besides the Chiefs was was the Ravens. Like it's gonna be the Ravens and the the Chiefs, and you're not even gonna have to worry about any other team. Well, the Steelers are undefeated through ten games. Um, so I think this is your chance to just say, hey, you know, I don't know what you guys think was coming. Um, well, I think the Steelers smell blood. I the hope they do. And I think they realize the like you said the opportunity. Um, an opportunity not not just to be eleven and zero, but to really go was that five and a half games up on Baltimore. Really, not not only you know mar- you know getting rid of them in, from a division standpoint, potentially out of yep. the playoffs. Then the um, Browns have to play and, a desperate Ravens team and a Titans team that are all fighting for playoff spots. And I will take my chances with those two teams. And then and I saw, according to Ray Fittipaldo, the Steelers have a chance, ironically. To clinch a playoff spot, if they were to win on Thursday, the only issue is they would need the lonely Jets to beat the Dolphins, and they would need the Falcons to beat the Raiders. Obviously, the Falcons beating the Raiders could happen, but again, the fact that the Steelers have an opportunity the week of Thanksgiving to clinch a playoff spot is exciting. Compared to the last couple of years where they were scoreboard watching, yeah, you like like the driver's seat, and you know what? Let's you know let's keep. That number one seed, and let's keep the Raiders in the seventh seed. They need yep. that buy. They need and, that buy. They need it. They need it. And they need this little mini yep. buy, too. And then um, they need keep that the Raiders buy. in that seventh seed and make them have to go to Kansas City and let those two teams duke it out again because they clearly got something working in, in Las Vegas all right, against this team. I, 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 we, Kudos to Mike Mayock and John Gruden. Um, I, I, I was actually, I think I tweeted, I was anxious last night, you know, because I just knew what that game could possibly mean. And obviously I was a little bit disappointed with the outcome, but like, you know, that's, um, you know, I, mean, I think we need to start talking about the, that Chiefs defense on the side. Note, I mean, the rate, the Panthers scored 30 points against them. Your boy. Yeah. Your boy, Colin Coward did say that the Chiefs and Andy Reid don't want to see no parts of Oak or Vegas they don't. in the playoffs. They, they don't want to see don't. no parts. And, you know, at least they can come to Pittsburgh. Now, I will say, they have not – they don't face the Colts, which I think is another good AFC defense. I can't think of another good – They don't. we don't play a lot of the same teams. I think the only teams that they play this year is we play the Texans. This is Vegas you're talking, no, I'm talking about? talking about the Chiefs. The Chiefs, Chiefs okay. and the Steelers play the Ravens. Obviously, we play them twice. And then they play the Texans, which they beat, and they play the Bills, which they beat. And obviously, the Steelers have the opportunity to play the Bills here in a few weeks. So that's a very important game because if it does come down to similar things, then, you know, right, common, common opponents, opponents. of course, AFC records and what have you. Um, so, I, you know, I will say is that if they have to come to Pittsburgh and they have to play a defense like Pittsburgh, that, I mean, that, the, um, the Raiders defense was on COVID all week. They were doing Zoom meetings. All right. All right. <laughs> right. The Steelers hopefully won't be having in that situation. You know, they have a pretty good secondary. Um, so I would be interested to see how that works, and we can talk about that in the future. But uh... Uh, fingers are crossed for that type of stuff. But uh, yeah, so ultimately, uh, Steelers Ravens Thursday. Um, Steelers ten and zero. Ravens six and four. Or no, yeah, six and four. Um, heading into the Thanksgiving matchup. Uh, hopefully, everyone's staying healthy and staying smart for the holidays. We will obviously have another episode for you before the game to kind of give our thoughts. Uh, we'll have more clarity on Joe Hayden, Juju Smith-Schuster on Wednesday. As Mike Tomlin alluded to, will be a big day for those mm-hmm. two in terms of what their availability will be. One side note, too, COVID-related, Mike Tomlin did say Vance McDonald will be cleared to practice tomorrow, and he's been cleared. Um, so that's also good, given the news of Zach Gentry, because the Steelers are down to one tight end yesterday. 
So Vance McDonald being back certainly will help um, as he's missed the last two games due to testing positive for COVID. Yeah. But again, you got to give Ebron effort for blocking, but he just isn't quite as equipped to do that. But that's, that's fine. fine. That's and that's and I, th- I think they knew. I, but I, you know, again, to your point, right? The effort yes. is there. Um, whether it's quality, we, it's another story. But the effort's there. Um, but again, Steelers ten and zero for the first time in franchise history after their twenty-seven to three victory over Jacksonville. Ravens losing in overtime, thirty to twenty-four against the Tennessee Titans. They, those two will clash on Thursday night for a Thanksgiving, uh, you know, rematch. Um, and it should be, obviously, as always, a great one. But, again, for Vince, this is Dimitri. Thank you so much for listening.